Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am your host, Matt Sherman, and today we are talking to Matt Vogels, who is the CEO of Zestful. Zestful is building a product that is redefining how companies deliver perks to their employees. Also, two fun facts for you. Matt also has one T in his name, so this is a very rare occurrence where you're hearing two Matt with one T's in the same room. And second, Matt and Zestful were one of our first customers when I first started Publoft two and a half years ago. Fancy that, things really come around. But with that said, I'm stoked to bring you this conversation with Matt. We go into deep stories of entrepreneurship. I'm gonna stop yapping and we're gonna get into the podcast. So with that, run it. Matt, how's it going? It's going well, Matt, how are you? It is, I'm doing great. It is, you know, 2.53 in the afternoon. I'm feeling so energized, no slump for me. And I'm just glad to be alive and glad to be talking to you. Love it. Love it. And one thing that uh, I always like to call out whenever we're meeting and chatting is that you and I are both maps with one T. That's right. Yep. It's very rare. Very see, rare. It's rare that you, you meet one mat with one T, but if you're listening to this podcast, you're kind of like in the room with two mats, both with that's one. Amazing. Crazy. <laughs> I, that's never happened, by the way. I've met maybe a handful of other mats with one T in my entire life, but never have I been in the room with more than one. So. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's a uh, sacred ground here. <laughs> well, cool. Um, well, Matt, uh, you know you're you're the founder and CEO of Zestful. Why don't you tell the listeners um, a little bit about what Zestful is and what you're working on? Yeah. So Zestful is employee perks made personal. We make it really really easy for companies of any size to create their perfect employee perk program that their team members will actually love and use. So an example would be maybe your company has a a fitness allowance. They're going to give you $50 a month that you can spend on Peloton, your favorite yoga studio down the street, or maybe it's a meditation app like Headspace. And instead of doing a reimbursement process, you get what we call our Zestful Perk Card, which looks and works like a regular debit card. And you get to use it on all of your favorite fitness apps or any of our other thousand plus products that we have in our catalog. That's fantastic. It is, uh, what a cool idea, you know, to help customizing perks for different companies. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering uh, if you could give a little bit of the background, like how did you come up with this mm-hmm. idea and uh, yep. was it a clear path? Was it, was it easy? Were there some challenges? I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. Yeah, so it all kind of started when I was living and working in San Francisco. And I knew that two things, I knew that I wasn't gonna be in San Francisco for, certainly for the rest of my life. But even then I was, I was really eager to, to move back to, to Colorado. Um, I think San Francisco is one of the most, it's one of the coolest places to live. It's one of the highest concentrated areas of just truly exceptional people, but it's always, it's just go, 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 go. Everybody's working on a startup and raising money and hiring employees and just completely crushing it. And it's exhausting. And I knew that I wasn't going to be there for forever. Um, Colorado is where I'm from, where my wife's family's from, and I knew that I was going to move back. And I knew that while I was in San Francisco, I needed to take advantage of as much of that opportunity as possible. So I would meet with dozens of founders, CEOs, or executives at, at really cool startups in San Francisco 
Uh, I was working at a company called Webflow at the time, which is also a, a Y Combinator company. So I had a lot of introductions into other YC companies in San Francisco. So I was able to meet with all these really, really cool people. And I would always ask them, what is the most difficult part about starting a company, growing a company? And inevitably, they had all of these very unique problems that were unique to their business. But almost every single one of them mentioned hiring good employees, keeping employees happy and engaged is something that is just constantly on top of mind. And one of the things that I always thought was that every employee is different and perk programs and reward programs all seem to be a one size fits all. It's the Amazon gift card. It's the, you know, we're going to add some additional, you know, $25 onto your paycheck, or we're going to give you a coupon for this restaurant down the street, whatever it might be. But everybody's different where one person looks at fitness and health as, you know, I go to the gym or I play basketball for other folks, it's eating healthy. And then for other folks, it might be meditation. But typically, uh, fitness and health is all like the gym in your basement in your uh, in your office building. So I realized really quickly that everybody was different, yet there wasn't really a program or a company that was making it easy for these companies to to offer such a wide variety of, of perks and certainly a large uh, variety of products. And specifically, what I noticed was it was even more difficult for small companies. So if you were a small startup with 10, 20, even 30 employees, you typically don't have a dedicated resource where that person is managing the reimbursement process or managing any sort of perk program. So I wanted to try to create something that was widely available with a bunch of different products, but also kind of a set it and forget it, where you sign up quickly, you get started quickly, and then after that, it just handles itself, which is why all employees receive the Zestful Perk card, the company preloads it based on the rules that they have in place. Like I mentioned, $50 a month on fitness and health, $5 a month on charity, $25 a month to spend on streaming services like Spotify or Netflix, and that's it. And then going forward, employees use it like a regular debit card, but they can only use it on those specific products. Um, so I knew that I wanted it to be something that was going to be able to scale and grow and then work well for smaller companies. Now, at the time, this was back in uh, 2016, um, and I'll try to, to make this as, as quick as possible now, three years later into this journey. So that was the original concept. How do we create a product that makes it easy for all of these companies to create a seamless perk program? Well, when we started, the technology that we're using today with, uh, with Visa just didn't exist. It wasn't around. So what I thought was, oh, let's just make partnerships with Spotify and Netflix and all of these different providers uh, to basically put a credit card on file, like put a Zestful credit card on file. And then when somebody goes and subscribes in Zestful, we would use our personal credit card to then pay for their service and then reimburse it or get it uh, paid for by the company after. And it was around this time where we also got accepted into Y Combinator. So we were, at the time it was like October of 2016, we started the company. We got into YC in December of 2016. So only two months later, we barely had a product. Uh, but what we did show is we had a lot of energy. We spoke to a lot of customers and we were really excited about what we were doing. So I think YC looked at that and said, you're good to go. Let's see what you can do. And day one, it was the first week, Michael Seibel was our partner and he's like, this isn't going to work. Like you need to do something that you're going to be able to get done during these three months. Is there anything that you can do that you can start getting revenue, getting traction early? Because what we were trying to do is phone calls with Spotify, phone calls with Netflix. And they were like, who are you? How many employees or customers do you have? And it was like, oh, we have nothing. Um, so it wasn't going to work. So we 
switched during YC, so January of 2017, uh, we switched over to do employee or team outings. So those happy hours, go-kart racing, um, in San Francisco especially, it's a popular thing to do, especially with your tech teams or engineering managers. No one wants to book events. So we essentially pivoted to be the go-to team for these team outings. Uh, we went through YC with that product or that idea, and we really attempted to build an automated event planning service throughout the year of 2017. Um, we ended up realizing two things, and this is a, the first important lesson that I learned and a great lesson for any founder and entrepreneur. If you're starting a company in a space or for a product that you don't genuinely care about, in my case, I didn't really care about team outings. And in many ways, the feedback that we were getting from employees was that, I don't really wanna do this, this is forced fun. Uh, I spend 80 hours a week with these people in the office. Why would I wanna go bowling with them on a Friday night? It was very, like the writing on the wall was showing that at the end of the day, our real customers, who were the employees that were going on to these events, were actually not liking Zestful, and in many ways, they hated Zestful. So we saw the writing on the wall, we said, okay, we have a little bit of money left in the bank account. It was like 15 grand. Um, we didn't really raise any money after YC, we just raised 120,000 from YC. Essentially spent all of that in 2017 trying to build this automated events platform. It wasn't working, we lost motivation, um, because again, it wasn't really solving a problem that we deeply cared about. Uh, we said we had contracts at the time, we had employees at the time, we got them all jobs. And then my co-founder and I were kind of in this step or uh, position. We were like, well, what do we do next? Um, we decided to take a little bit of time during the kind of winter break of 2017 and keep our bank account alive, keep Tesla alive, but essentially just do the bare minimum. Um, we had some bookings for some startups in San Francisco that I kind of did on the side, but essentially we were, we were kind of paused. During that time, my co-founder got an amazing opportunity to work with some exceptional people in San Francisco. Um, and at this time we were like, I don't know if we're gonna do anything with Zestful. Uh, we'll probably end up just shutting it down. So he took that opportunity and essentially I was kind of there in early 2018 going, all right, this is, I'm not, I'm not motivated by this. Um, I, I really don't wanna do team activities. Let me see what it's gonna take to shut Zestful down. And one of the things that uh, I had a really good mentor who's actually now a, uh, an investor in Zestful told me that one of the hardest things about shutting a company down is that most founders don't really understand the steps that it takes to do it. So I was like, okay, I'm not really ready to shut Zestful down, but let me talk to our lawyers. Let me talk to some mentors. Let me see what the actual steps would be of shutting down the company because you have to go, you know, if you are, uh, have a company in Delaware, you have to get that handled. If there's any taxes left over, you have to get all that handled. It's not as easy as being like, you know, clap my hands and that's it. Um, so I spoke to our lawyers and one of the things that we ended up doing early on uh, was we took out a credit card, which is kind of what you do. You get some money, you raise some money, you take out a credit card. What I didn't realize at the time was that it was a personal guaranteed credit card. So my co-founder and I took it out. Uh, when my co-founder was taken off of our bank account, it was just me in the account. And I went to my lawyer and I said, okay, what's it going to cost to shut it down? And he was like, well, you know, maybe it's you know, $500 to $1,000 and some legal stuff, but you know, maybe we just waive that. We help you shut it down. But this bank account balance looks like you got 36 grand in credit card debt in there. It looks like it's personally guaranteed. And I was like, well, what do you mean by that? He's like, well, if you shut this company down, that certain, that $36,000 is going to end up going into your personal bank account. And I'm like, I, I can't even afford that. I can't afford to, to pay for, you know, have $36,000 in personal credit card debt go into my bank account. So 
it was almost, it was a huge waking up moment for me because I couldn't even afford to shut Zestful down. I was to the point where I was ready to shut it down, wasn't motivated to keep going, and I couldn't. I couldn't even afford to do it, which was kind of, it, now it's, it's laughable, but at the time it was very, very stressful. So I said, okay, I'll keep it open. Uh, I'm going to pay the interest, which was like $1,200 a month, um, which kind of bled a little bit of our, the remaining cash that we had in our account. And I said, I'm going to try to think of a different idea. We went through YC. We have some great mentors. Let me see if I can make this work. It was around this time in early 2018 where I had a friend that had some good connections with Visa. And he said, hey, you know, there's some new Visa API technology that you might be able to use. Why don't you take a look? And we ended up meeting with some really cool companies, including Stripe and Visa and San Francisco. And everything just clicked for me. That original idea of going, oh, my God. We can get all of these different products into our platform. Uh, we can finally build the original idea of Zestful that I had back in you know, late 2016 with this new technology. And immediately, I remember the moment where just light bulbs went off and I had this rush of excitement and I was ready to go again. It was like this moment of like, I'm, I'm ready to go. Let's do this. Um, we have no money in the bank. Uh, we have $36,000 in credit card debt. Um, it was around this time where I found out that I was going to be a dad. My wife was pregnant and I'm like, let's do it. Let's double down. At this point, it's like, there's no way to go but up. I can't go down. Um, so I started to take on a bunch of freelance. Um, again, remember I, I told you I was an early employee at Webflow and living in San Francisco. To this day, we still use Webflow. And at the time, I relied on Webflow to build websites for, for clients. And I was essentially working 40 hours a week on Webflow or on uh, freelance and Webflow and 40 hours a week on Zestful to try to get this new idea off the ground, which was building mockups, talking to customers, working with Visa and Stripe to try to build this API and get everything set up. It was by far one of the hardest professional years and months of my life. It was just the 80 hours a week of constant grind, knowing that there was really no other, it was the only thing I could do was try to succeed. I couldn't afford to fail. Um, and very quickly going into summer, I had two engineers that, that joined me early and essentially worked for nothing. Uh, one of those engineers became our CTO. The other engineer was a pivotal part in building a lot of our early features and is still with the company, um, helping actually in sales, which is a whole, a whole other story and, and a good one. Um, but they came on and helped me push this over the finish line to get an MVP out. And we ended up raising a round of funding in late 2018, uh, in November of 2018, for $1.2 million. And that was the first moment of, oh, my God, I can actually stop doing freelancing. We have a little bit of breathing room. It felt like I just ran a marathon for you know, seven or eight months um, and could pay myself a salary, take a breath. And we were finally able to, to launch Zestful and get something out the door uh, and essentially get to where we are today, which is exactly what I was mentioning earlier. We're, we're making it easy for companies to build that perfect employee perk program. Um, and we're a team of 12 now. Uh, as of uh, next week, um, we have over 100 companies in the platform, uh, thousands of employees. And again, it's, it's really trying to make it so that we can give that personal touch into an industry that has forever kind of been that one size fits all. What a story. I mean, <laughs> like you, you hear about, you know, what it's like to start a company and you think you understand, but you never really do until you're in the middle of it and you have $36,000 of, yep. of credit card debt and you have, you know, 
you don't have a team and it's just you're, you're figuring it out and uh, I know for me a lot of that's relatable 100% and I, I know for the people listening a lot of it uh, it might be relatable now or could be relatable in the future when they start their own company. So thanks for sharing all absolutely. of that. Yeah, absolutely. So that's a little bit of the background of, of what is Zestful, where mm-hmm. it came from. And now, you know, you're on, you're on your way up. Uh, you're, 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 you're doing well. Uh, what would you say is the, what's the next step? So, so, you know, yeah. I'm actually, I'm a, cus- I, I, I'm a user of Zestful. So I know what it's uh-huh. like to, to yeah. have cards and distribute them to to employees and whatnot, and I think it's awesome. And I I think what you're doing is magical. And I feel like there's so many directions you could go in. So if if you don't mind sharing, like where are you looking next? Yeah, I think honestly we're trying to make the current experience ten times better. Um, one of the things that we learned early on is that if you give these companies ultimate control and ultimate power, there's this sense of like, I don't really know what to do. So they get to the standstill of almost too many choices and too many options. And we, for the longest time, didn't really step up and be that leader in the space of saying, these are what the most successful companies are doing. These are what the most popular companies are doing you should replicate those. So uh, over the next month or so, we're gonna be releasing a handful of features that are gonna make it really, really easy to use Zestful and get started. The first is what we're essentially calling program templates. So we have different programs in Zestful that you can create. I mentioned the $50 a month on fitness and health. Uh, We also have peer-to-peer programs, which is an ability for your employees to give other money or give money to other employees. Um, So kind of a 360 spot rewards program. Um, charity is another popular template that we see where companies give, you know, $5 a month for their employees to donate to charity. So what we've done is we've created, now that we have customers and and months of data, we've created these templates so that companies can just do one click and copy these really successful templates. Um, The other thing that we're doing is we're reaching out to really popular companies like a Basecamp or a Slack or an Airbnb and figuring out what programs that they use replicating them in Zestful so that you can you can essentially be like, oh, I'm gonna copy the the base camp program. They give you know $100 a month in fitness and health and X amount of money in personal development. And you can essentially copy what these other companies have already done and are doing so well with a click of a button. And essentially it's just as easy as like I was saying before, it's a set it and forget it. New employees can be added and employees can start using this within minutes. And then there's no reimbursement process or anything going forward. Uh, The other big piece that we're trying to build out are integrations. We understand that we use so many different apps, especially in the workplace. Slack is probably at the top of our list. We want to bring the kind of the social aspect of being able to give and receive rewards and having these perks into Slack so that people can kind of reward each other and cherish each other uh, in the feed that they use every day. Uh, Integrations with things like Zapier so you can create your own kind of flow to where these rewards and how they're given. Uh, And then a mobile app is another thing that we're going to be working on over the next couple months. Uh, At the end of the day, the employees are, they're our customer. And although we sell to CEOs and founders and people in HR, at the end of the day, our customer are the employees that are using this on a, on a monthly or weekly basis. And we want to make sure that on the go, they can easily pull out their phone and see their balance. Uh, they can easily give rewards. They don't have to log in at their computer in order to use Zestful. Now, I, I'm really interested in the, in, in what you just said, the integrations, you know, with Slack, uh, with Slack or with with Zapier, I almost yeah. see a like. I'm a Zapier nerd. I I, oh, I, get, I am too. 
I give Zapier, <laughs> you know, I think our, our, we're on, I think the premium tier with Zapier. We pay them so much money and I'm, and I'm happy yep. to pay every penny because it's such uh -huh. a great product. And I kind of wonder, do you see a, a future where a task happens, like a sale is made or a referral is referred and like that is a trigger and then the the action is load another like five bucks to a Zestful car. Like, are you thinking of like something like that, or how would you plan yeah. on Zapier with with with? Oh, sorry, to give a little background for the listeners, Zapier is this uh, incredible platform that lets you connect APIs to each other without having to know code. So you can have Stripe connect with Slack, you could have HubSpot connect with you know Trello, and it's all connected. So what Matt's saying is he can pretty much make it so Zestful can be connected to 1,500 other apps uh, once he's on yep. this platform. So I, I, what, what are you thinking with Zapier? That, that blows my mind what you could do. Yeah, I mean, it's exactly what you're saying. Our goal is that we can create really cool templates um, or allow companies to create their own custom templates linked with other apps to essentially say, hey, when this task is completed, send $5 to this person. So let's say that in Asana, you're using it for your OKR tracking or quarterly goal tracking. And you can tie essentially saying when this task is completed, reward this employee with $5 or $10. Um, we're also looking to work with companies like a Lattice or other HR and OKR and reward platforms to, to make that happen so that you can build out these really in-depth templatized reward giving uh, options that just happen automatically. And I think one of the things that we've seen a lot in our space is that the recognition piece, it doesn't have to be that much. And I think that what we're noticing when we have a lot of peer-to-peer -peer programs or people using it that way is even just a dollar tied with a, you know, a thumbs up emoji and a really cool GIF, it goes a long way. It really does. Um, and the cool part is that we see these happening and, and employees can use them right away. So that $5 that you get for completing that, that quarterly task immediately goes onto your card and you could walk downstairs and go to Starbucks and use it right away. That is fantastic. There's so much, there's so much potential for what you can do with, with Zestful because uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's the combination of getting different vendors on the platform and, you know, allowing someone to pay for a coffee, but maybe not something else that they shouldn't pay for. So it's just awesome. Um, exactly. So, so no, you're, you're building something very cool in the employee kind of benefits realm in the company culture realm. Uh, but something, a theme on several of the, of the episodes that I've recorded recently is in order to, to meet the need of a full industry, like the full, let's say, employee happiness industry or, or, or whatnot, it takes a lot of different types of, of products, almost like working together in some capacity to like create the OS for culture, or the OS for employee retention. So I'm kind of wondering, do you have like a, uh, do you have a wish list of things that you wish could be built that aren't really in the realm of, of what you're, what's on your roadmap, because uh, it's not in the same category, but that you think mm -hmm. would help with the, the efforts to help mm. make employees happier. Uh, is, yeah, is there any gaps? Yeah, there? Um, you know, it's one of those things where I kind of joke all the time. Uh, we're in a space that's, you know, obviously highly regulated. We deal with payments, and we have a lot of security things that we have to think about. I'm always Definitely. envious of, of products like a, I think Loom is one of my other just absolute favorite products. We use it all the time internally to create really quick and cool screencasts and videos for customers and even ourselves. And I think that Loom and other tools like even Slack, any tool that's allowing employees to work in the time and place and space that they want to 
is I, I still think one of the most powerful employee perks that a company can give. So whether that's remote working, flexible work hours, um, I, I just think that allowing employees to work when and where they want is, is truly one of the best perks that you can give. And I think any company that's trying to make that better and easier is, is just awesome. And I think there's a lot of opportunity there to make those tools and spaces better. So if we could eventually build something in that space, because again, I, I consider remote work and remote flexibility or employee uh, flexibility as, as a perk, I would love to kind of break into that space. I think that there's another opportunity with student loan debts and even retirement. I think that's the one thing that I actually see coming back quite a bit. We get a lot of requests for. A lot of startups will say, oh, you're getting equity and you know, we're not, we don't do 401k matching because you know, eventually we want this startup to be worth a billion dollars and your equity is gonna be worth millions and that's your retirement plan. But I, what the reality of, of most startups is that A, most startups don't succeed and yep. B, most employees don't stay around long enough to actually take advantage of those, of those marks. Typically, employees are given options which they have to then buy when they leave the company. And if you're not a really, really early employee, those options may cost you thousands of dollars. And if the company doesn't have an exitable event, it's unlikely that you might have $30,000 lying around in a bank account somewhere to pay for your equity. And if you don't, you essentially forfeit that equity. So as much as startups want to talk about the, the equity that they're giving to these employees, I still think that it's important, and we see this more often now, like I said, um, to invest in their retirement in some way or another. And sometimes that's just you know small savings, it's a 401k. Um, that's another thing that we're interested in getting into. Um, maternity and paternity leave, I think there's some opportunity there, um, if only just to encourage it to be you know longer, but also for some companies that just can't afford to do it. There's other uh, programs or nonprofit programs that make it easier for companies to tap into some additional budget that they can use to, to pay employees while they're on those really important leaves of their lives. Um, I don't think there's any others, but those are probably the most common ones that, that we hear about. Yeah, those are some definitely some big gaps that need to be filled. I yeah. Something that I spend a lot of time thinking about is the what is the OS needed to to bring the future of work to the present meaning how can you make remote work easier how do you you know make benefits easier how do you make access to to work uh you know easier than just going on to upwork and, and bidding for work you know like how do you how do you make this all simpler and mm -hmm. i think it it always comes down to just a group of companies that each yeah. are working on specific problems that almost not necessarily work together, but they just like do the best thing that they can do. And like, and it's building the, the operating system, you know, of an industry. And I feel like Zestful yeah. is kind of the OS of this, yeah. of this, uh, you know, employee perk uh, or yeah. culture industry. So I think that's fantastic. Oh, I appreciate that. That's awesome to hear. Yeah. Yeah. You got it. I, I have a couple more questions for you. Yeah. So are there any, so you spend obviously all your time uh, thinking about Zestful and all your time when you're working, thinking about Zestful and, and the industry that, you, that you're looking to capture and, and that market and whatnot. I'm kind of interested, is there any, uh, outside of you know what you're working on, are there any industries uh, that are unrelated that just interest you, that whether it's developments that make you like wonder what's going on or things that you read about on the news that you want to you wanna learn more? Like what obscure industries are, are, are you into, if, if anything, outside of uh, you know, employee happiness and culture. Yeah, I mean, the the quick one that I mentioned was just the anybody that's touching or interested in the space of 
the future of, of work, um, yeah. remote work and flexibility. I think there's just, like I said, plenty of, of space there. The other industry that I've always just been a really, really intense nerd on is the movie industry. Um, I actually genuinely enjoy reading financial statements of big corporations in the media space. So Netflix is now kind of in that space, obviously, with the billions of dollars that they spend on, on unique content. Um, Apple's getting into that space, which is fascinating to me. Uh, and then obviously you have Hulu, Amazon, but even the big studios like a Legendary Pictures or Paramount, their financial statements and the way that they do business is fascinating to me. And I've always been kind of an earned for it. In fact, I went to college to get a finance degree so that I could actually be in the movie financing space. Um, and wow. I, I am not in that space, but it's still an industry that I'm fascinated about. I still nerd out reading some of those uh, financial statements and tax earnings. That's super interesting. I have, have zero idea how that industry, you know, how those business owners run run their business. And that would kind of be interesting to learn because you don't want to get, like I find myself stuck in tech all the time. And I feel like the thing, the best times where you learn is when you go yeah. outside of your industry and, and you learn yeah. something else completely different. So that's awesome. Absolutely. And I think the third one that I'm always really passionate about, and I always kind of joke that if if I wasn't working on Zestful right now, I would certainly be working in some something in the education space. And this is something even that you're tackling as well, but companies like a Lambda School, um, and I mean, there's dozens of dozens of, of other uh, coding boot camps and, and all these kind of alternative schools and even online, like a General Assembly or a Treehouse and some of those. I'm fascinated by the education space, if only because I believe that the higher education space, like a traditional college is just so devastatingly broken that I, I so I, I mentioned that I have I have a son he's 10 weeks old um, I, he will he probably won't go to college or at least it's going to look completely different than what we have today hell even the um, like high school is going to look completely different 18 years from now than what it does today and I think I'm just I'm fascinated by what that's going to look like and I also don't know if people really have the answer I think that lambda school obviously has a great solution for people that are going into a technical space. And I think one of the things they're doing really well right now is, is obviously having really, really good people educating these folks and then putting them into these really good positions and jobs. You have these amazing companies that are essentially waiting at the door for these students to graduate, which is something that most universities would just love to have. So I think there's, there's an opportunity there for things that go beyond the coding boot camps and what does that look like for a bunch of other fields and industries uh, one of my other friends um, who uh, is essentially they started as a digital agency has now launched a program that essentially trains people in google ads and facebook ads and digital advertising and they're almost like a lambda school for for growth marketing and i'm excited to see all of these other different areas or verticals that are going to replicate that same model well, I can't say that I'm not interested either. I'm also, you know, <laughs> fascinated in that stuff. It's cool to know that you're, you know, into into it, and I'm, I'm also intrigued, you know, in, in all the yep. other companies that are going to pop up. So there's a lot of needs, and there's a lot of problems in education. So there's a lot of market. Yeah. Uh, to, Absolutely. To had. Well, cool, man. Well, I have one last question for you before we wrap it up. So. You're building a really impressive product in a big, a big market. You, you have a great team. You're in a way building the future right now uh, with Zestful. 
and there's a lot of people that are listening that may want to build the future or build or just build something and get started and work on a company, but they may, they may yeah. not know the best step or the, the, the first step to, to take that. So what advice would you have to a, a first time founder or an aspiring founder who wants to start something, but they don't exactly know the best way to do that? Yeah, I mean, I meet with so many different founders that are that are kind of at this phase, and I think some of the common things or themes that I always give feedback on are one, definitely, if you're if you're interested in starting a company, try to start a company in a space that you're genuinely interested in, because starting a company 99 times out of 100 is going to take a lot of time. It's going to take months or years before you actually start seeing some form of like progress. I mean, look at, I feel like today or even the last month is the first time that we've truly been in a position where we have all the opportunities ahead of us. And it took three years for us to get here. So if you are a, a founder that's interested in, in starting a company, you're going to need to be in a space that you're interested in. If only because you're going to run out of steam. If you don't, you're going to always run out of money. Um, the customers are not going to like your product and you're going to have to go back to the drawing board. And if it's for a problem that you're not interested in, you're going to run out of steam and you're not going to, you're not going to make it. Um, the other thing that I like to talk about is that I, I think it's easier for people to start a company if they're not worried about paying their bills, you know, where they're going to live, um, where they're going to sleep that night, where they're going to eat. If you have a full-time job, I recommend staying in that full-time job until you feel like you're in a position where you're comfortable leaving and starting this company. I, I, I see way too often where people will quit their job to start a company and assume that there's like the universe now owes them something. It's like, oh, I quit my job. So now the universe is gonna give me the momentum that I need for this to work. And that, that certainly doesn't work that way. Um, so I, I always recommend folks to, maybe they can do some freelancer contracting and, and that's the best way they can go at least as far as like quitting their day job, giving them some flexibility. Um, one of the people on our team, the previous company that he started, he was essentially a full-time founder and CEO, and then he was driving for Lyft and Uber for six to eight hours a day, and then coding for six to eight hours in the night. So at least have something that you can do to pay your bills, because I guarantee you that this is, it's, it's way too hard to do, to create a company and think about how you're going to, you know, make ends meet. So I would definitely keep your day job. Um, the other thing I would recommend is try to find other people that are in your space that you can get in touch with. If there's an industry that you like, find a CEO or somebody that's working on those problems and send them emails. Try to meet for coffee, um, even if it's just over email or a quick phone call. Just hammer those emails. Send out dozens or hundreds of emails to interesting people that you think you're going to be able to get some value from. If only to learn more about the space, you may learn really quickly that ah, maybe this isn't something that I want to start based off of this person's feedback. And I think that you also end up building an incredible network. At the end of the day, an incredible network is going to be one of the most valuable assets that you have. And it's not the network to raise money or to get introductions into customers. It's, it's honestly just the network of people that you can talk to when things are going wrong. It's other founders, um, other people that are in similar positions or in the arena with you that you can be like, Hey, this is really hard. Do you have any feedback on this? Or can we just talk about this? And in order to do that, you have to start making those introductions early and you're going to build those relationships over time. Um, so kind of recap those three, one, solve a problem in something that you're genuinely interested in. Two, if you can keep your day job or do something that allows you to pay the bills as you're trying to pursue this other company or other idea. Uh, and three, 
start finding those people in the space that you're interested in and making those connections early. All right. You all heard it first here from Matt. <laughs> Matt, thank you so much for spending you know, some time chatting on the Forward Thinking Founders podcast. I really appreciate it. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thank you for having me. You got it. And for everyone listening, I hope you all have a great rest of your mornings, evenings, and afternoons, wherever you are. Have a good one, everyone. Bye.